start starting here and uh, you can take your seats. We're in First John uh, 4 and uh, guess what? Uh, it's my ambition to finish off the whole chapter here this morning. We'll see how that goes. I do have one thing by way of an announcement though. Um, Tommy uh, texted me this morning and he said that his, uh, his family had the sniffles and a little bit of a fever so they were going to lay out and not spread the joy around. Um, appreciate that. Um, and just a reminder, if you have symptoms, you have to have COVID. If you have symptoms, you probably need to just lay out, stay home. You can uh, join us on uh, Facebook feed, but uh, don't don't feel like you have to, you know, just, just a friendly reminder is all so, I wanted to say. Okay, um, so we're in First John chapter 4. Is there any other announcements on it? I feel like they're missing something. I guess not. Well, it's after uh, Labor Day. Traditionally, we start up Sunday night, so I'm going to table that for now. We're, we may not be doing that this season. I'm kind of have some loose plans uh, formulating in my head, so we'll more on that as, we, as, as these plans develop. Anyway, First John chapter 4. We finished with verse 11 last time. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. Let's pray and ask God's blessing our time in his word. Father, we have every confidence in your word and your ability to bless and, and take it to uh, that it might find a home in our hearts. And I have no confidence that I'm able to do this. I mean, I can't change people's lives. And I've known that for about forever. But, Lord, you can take your word and you can work it. Uh, it's, it's, sharp, it's powerful. It's living. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. And you can cut us with it, Lord. You can heal us with it as well. We pray that both would happen here this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. We've been talking about this idea of loving one another. Boy, what is John? Is he just like, is he stuck on this? What's the deal? Love one another. Love one another. God is love. you got to love one another. Hell is and you're thinking, like, what's your problem, John? What's the problem of the apostle of love? He's just <laughs> telling us and reemphasizing and revisiting. And listen, if we've fallen down here, we've fallen. There's no, there's no, like, I'm a very Christian person. I, you know, I'm, I'm very Christian. I, I do everything right. I, you know, I keep all the commandments. I, I live by the golden rule. I just don't love people. No, you know, how do you, how do you suppose, how do we suppose that we're Christian in a situation like this? I, I've talked to people before, you know, I, I, I talked to a lady, I, I consider her Christian, she told me, she says, I, I just don't love people. I think she loves the Lord, and I think she loves people. I think one of the problems is, is people bug us sometimes, a lot. You know, um. Um, people of different political persuasions. You know, I, I see the, like Facebook thing just blows up. You know, you post something the most innocuous and everyone has like a, a hernia over the slightest little relax. Be calm. And then we, we act out in such a such and such a way. I think they're pushing some hot buttons, hot issue buttons. I think that's all it is. You know, people don't agree with me politically. I've always been in the minority of the minority. That's nothing like that bothers me. That's not a that's not a reason to hate. It doesn't. You know, if you're 
If you're pro-choice, you think that a woman has a right to, to kill a fetus? By the way, uh, we could change the language a little bit there. Fetus, we change it to Latin. Fetus is Latin for baby. I just said kill the baby. I thought I'd soften a little bit, say fetus. I, I despise that idea. Does that mean I despise you? No. No. I, I mean, no. Does that mean I'll be voting for you? Oh, decidedly not, of course. Huh? Yes, I am the one uh, one issue voter. But doesn't that, that make sense? Let's just visit here just for a second. You know, I'm going door to door, knock on your door, and we we you say, so what do you? And I'm like pro gun, and you're like a gun owner. You belong to the NRA, and I'm uh, you know against abortion, and you're against abortion, and you know we're for less government, limited taxes. And you're thinking, oh man, we're, we're hitting on all cylinders. You say, Adam, is there anything that you know maybe? You'd like to share where maybe I wouldn't vote for you? And I'd say, well, I think we should bring slavery back. I think, you know, abolishing that was a really bad idea. Is Listen, is the discussion over? Have I, have I showed you that I shouldn't get your vote, that I'm a total idiot, that I don't know what I'm talking about? We can flat, you know, not get, on a lot of issues we can be together, but you're saying, there's the door. We're, this interview's done. I'm not, I'm not voting for you. You say, I'm saying, you're just a one-issue voter. What, what's wrong with you? It's a big issue. And I've shown you that I'm a total knucklehead, and I don't deserve your vote. Well, someone comes to me and knocks on my door, and I, I ask them, you know, if for a woman's, and I'll put it that way, too, because, you know, a little bit mischievous. Are you for a woman's right to choose? Oh, of course. And Well, thank you. The interview's over. Have a good day. Do I hate them? Of course not. Can I disagree with that idea? I think you ought to. But that doesn't mean hate is okay. And I think we have to remember that. Because, you know, if, if you read Facebook, you think, like, these Christians are very hateful people sometimes. I think you will just, you're expressing your feelings in very harsh and stark language. And I think we ought to just scale back the rhetoric a little bit. Beloved, for God so love us, we ought to love one another. Now, verse 12, introduce, new idea, right? No man has seen God at any time. What do you mean? I mean, let me say it this way. No man or woman has seen God at any time. Yeah, but a lot of people say they have. I think that's incorrect. The Bible says no, and you say, whoa, 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 whoa. I know a lot of Bible. I mean, people have seen God. They've talked with God. They've wrestled with God. They've, uh, what are they, you know, when Jacob was wrestling with God, he didn't see him? Well, let's visit. Every time somebody talks about, like in Ezekiel in chapter 1 and chapter 10, where he has a vision of the throne, you know, he describes God like light. Thanks, that's very helpful. Did you see God? In, in uh, when we see uh when we get to revelation you'll see the 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 one seated at the throne his right hand is, as far as anyone knows because he delivers it uh, a scroll to the lamb that had been slain from the foundation of the earth and you can talk about the description you'll find now oh, he's like 64 he's 280 long white beard you see anything like that in scripture ever? You won't. And and when it talks about Father, you, you, nobody's seen God at any time. Now, 
have people seen God? Jesus Christ, God the Son. I think that's who Jacob was wrestling with. And then we get descriptions there. Well, yeah, I don't know, even descriptions, I mean, because, I mean, you think about it, if you could, from what you know about Scripture, could you paint a picture, an accurate one, of Jesus Christ from the picture of the, from how it's given in the Bible? We, have, we know they have no form or comeliness that we should desire him. That's about it. <laughs> and as far as physical description. Um, this is important. He's going somewhere with this. And if you go and you say, and I, so I could develop all those because I was listening to some YouTube videos and some of the passages, some Calvary Chapel passages, they go verse to verse to verse and say, well, see, when it says God, it said this, and it re- re- really, and, and I could develop that idea for quite a while, but it t- they took a long time to basically come to the place where they said, no man has seen God at any time. And I just want to take that at face value because I think that's, no one's seen God the Father at any time, and you can't show me a time scripture where people have. I mean, carefully read down what's being described there. Uh, no man has seen God at any time. Now, put that in the back burner of your mind. He's going to bring that up later on. If we love one another, God dwells in us, and his love is perfectness. What is with this guy in love? He's not going to let us go, is he? Because uh, it's a big idea. It's not peripheral. It's not ancillary to Christianity. That lady was telling me, I, you know, I love God, but I don't love people. If that was she, if she, what she was saying was truth, First John's going to call her a liar. Now, I wouldn't. I mean, I wouldn't. I, you know, what's in your heart? I mean, that's a place where you know, I, I just don't generally go there. But I will tell you, Scripture will say that you're a liar. Whether I will or not is a different matter. If we love one another, God dwells in us, and his love is perfected or completed in us. And the idea of perfection is completion. We'll bring that idea up again. Hereby we know that we dwell in him and he in us, because he hath given us of the Spirit. Christ dwells in us, and we dwell in Christ. How do we know that? Because he's given us the Spirit. But you know, the Spirit's kind of an intangible. You feel? When you got saved, the Spirit came to live in you. you, did you were you heavier? Did you feel invaded? Did you feel different? Sometimes people don't. Sometimes people do. But how do we know that God's given us a spirit? Well, one, Scripture says so. Two, verse 14, And we have seen and do testify that the Father sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. What does that got to do with receiving the Spirit? Oh, everything. We can't say Jesus Christ, but by the Spirit of Christ. We can't, that's nothing you come up with, humanly speaking. Do people get you upset that don't believe Jesus is the Christ? I haven't partaken of the Spirit at all. The Spirit comes and he testifies with our spirit. This is Romans chapter 8, that we are children of God. Do you know that you're a child of God? Yeah, the Spirit of God ministered to my heart and, and ministered to my spirit, that I am a child of God. How does that happen void of the Spirit? You wouldn't, you wouldn't come up with this in the natural. Don't you remember when, before you were saved, did you think in these terms no Christ came to dwell in us and now we now we see and we do testify that the father sent the son to be the savior of the world how do you how do you do that well the spirit of God in you whosoever shall confess that Jesus is the son of God God dwelleth in him and he in God now he's further on developing that idea like I say it's it's not it's not in the natural you watch 
I say in the natural, you watch the natural, what's going on in the natural, this huge anti-Christ spirit globally. If I wanted to move to a country where God's really moving and saving people and, the, and people are really worshiping and serving God, if you want to do that, where would you go? I think the whole world is under that antichrist delusion. Why? Because they're not partaking of the Spirit of God. When God comes to live in us, we, we see and we do testify the Father sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. Whoever shall confess. Now, this idea of confession is agreeing with. Because con- agreeing with who? Um, God, that Jesus Christ is the Savior. You know, if, uh, 1 John 1, 9, we, we were there well, months ago. Uh, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteous. Confess, homologeo, say the same thing. That's what it means, literally. If we confess, if we say the same thing about our sin, what do you mean? That God sins about our sin. What do you mean? That it's sinful. That <laughs> it deserves damnation. If Now, you know what the problem is? We don't come to that place at all. I know a lot of people, and you talk to them, they say, I'm not a bad person. I never, I never cheat on my wife. I never kill anybody. Wow. All that awesome righteousness. <laughs> Incredible. I speak facetiously and a little sarcastically. They don't see it. They don't see that they're sinners. You know, it's funny to me, because I was thinking about this earlier. I think the most verifiable... Say the word. I think the most verifiable fact is that we have a sinful nature. And that's the thing that I find hardest for people to believe. You can see the child. We, we, We saw it. Not our perfect son back there, but the other one, he was more mischievous. Um... Did steal cookies and crumbs all over up their cheeks and you know snot from their nose with cookie crumbs in it and they crumbs on their chin and they get crumbs on their fingers. Did you eat that cookie? No. Did Did you teach them a lie when I wasn't looking? Because I sure didn't. They, they learned that themselves. They were they were selfish all by themselves as they fought over a toy or something like that. Who taught them how to, how to steal cookies and then lie about it? Who taught them how to, you know, be all selfish and stuff? We didn't teach them that. We had to work hard to teach them the opposite. I say, um, people aren't perfect. People are not sinless. And have you watched the news? Given people left to their own devices, that's a wicked a wicked thing. And now we see the spirit of Antichrist worldwide. Well, how does that result? What does that result in? Godliness? People going to Bible study and prayer group and helping one another and just loving one another. It's wars and and it's Facebook. Cold War. War of words. And then we have, you know, the political We've never been more divided in this country. You know, there's a time when people disagreed, and I can remember this, okay? Okay, 60 years old, you're thinking, okay, Gramps, you know, what are you going to tell us now? Hey, it wasn't that long ago. I don't think, I think you have to be like 15 paying attention. Wasn't that long ago when people disagreed without being so disagreeable? Like, I don't agree with what you're saying, but we're all Americans, and I think we all want the country to prosper, and I think your way won't get us there as well as my way that I'm thinking will get us there. And that was it. And like, you know, we had people who were like, you know, 
across the aisle politically than the way I, and I'm, I'm not Republican and I've never been Republican. I'm conservative because I'm a Christian. So I, you know, what aisle is that? Well, one party is kind of tracking towards socialism, saying something that is controversial, because <laughs> I don't think so. If you just listen, they're espousing, you know, this Robin Hood kind of theology, you know, I'm I work, so therefore I should give all my money to somebody who can't help themselves. I always say won't. Because I always, you know, you go to, uh, you, you're coming out of the store, right? You're driving out of the store and there's somebody there with the, with the cardboard and stuff like this. Come on. I just come out of Home Depot. They're advertising for people. They want people right here, right now. You want to have my money? Go in there and get their money. Work for it. No, I want, I want to take your money. And if, and if I, I can't have it, I, somebody has to give it to me, regardless, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. None of that, none of that. Where am I? I'm kind of getting off track here a little bit. We see, we do testify, the Father sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. Whosoever shall confess that Jesus is the Son of God, God dwelleth in him, he and God. How do you get to dwell? How do you, how do, you do that? Spirit of God. And we know and we believe uh, the love that God hath to us. God is love, and he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God, and God in him. We have known and believed the love that God has to us. I think it's a stark question. Do you believe that Jesus loves you? Do you believe that God loves you? Because, you know, sometimes it's very hard for me to believe that. Because I know he shouldn't. But in one way, I do know that. I know it at least academically. If you say, does God love you? I say, oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah, God loves me. Why? Because the Bible tells me that God loves me. We have known and believed that love that God hath to us. God is love, and he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God, and God in him. How else can you say it? God is love, and that's the second time it says it, from verse 8. God is love. Is love God? No. Is God love? Oh, yeah. By his very nature, he exudes love. He's. By the way, I think we have to define love. It's given. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. How much do you love? I mean, it's giving in nature. Now, I'm not talking about finances. It's easy right on check. You got money? Yeah, here. Get off my case. Here's some money. It's not loving. I mean, not really. It's not. I mean, it's not the, that's not the, I don't look to my, you know, checkbook to see, like, my, uh, whether I love somebody. Whether, whether you, you would be giving. So I, saw, I watched this movie, David Copperfield. Me and Suze listened to the book on uh, LibriVox, and we had a real good time. But Dickens is a genius. I don't care. David Copperfield's one of our favorites. And so we were listening to this, and then we saw the movie. It was on Hulu. Yeah, and it was in two parts. At the end, one of the characters, Ham, he, he is a storm at sea, and he tries to rescue his the guy who stole his fiancée away from him. And he dies in the act. Well, so does the other guy. So does justice all the way around. And I was thinking, what a loving thing to do. Risk your own life to try to save somebody, your rival in these matters of the heart. And I thought, like, wow, that's loving. Um, well, you don't have to risk your life to, um, you know, 
Okay, so you agree with somebody politically. Are you loving? Do you reach out to them? and Or are you just harsh and it's all... Uh, and do they know that you love them? I, we've been accused of being haters. I don't, I don't see it. I see, it's like, I think some of the most loving things I've ever seen in my life is by the church in general, and this group in particular. I'm married to the most loving person I know. And it's not just, she loves me and she's crazy about me, she takes good care of me. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about seeing times and times and times and times where she's just put herself out for somebody else. I, I just, I, I've seen it. I've seen, I've, are you that? Are you about self or you're about others? That's the long and short of it. Who shall confess that Jesus is the Son of God? God dwells in him, and he and God. And that looks like something. And we have known and believed the love that God hath to us. God is love, and he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God, and God in him. Herein is our love made perfect, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in the world. Now that's a, what are we going to do with that? Thanks. Thanks, John. We have boldness. What is that? In the day of judgment. What does that look like? I mean, Think of judgment. Think of standing before God. I just want to make it through. <laughs> I, just don't want to, I just don't want to say, hey, you go to hell, right? Boldness? I, now, I think about it a lot. Much of the things I do, I, I'm thinking about the day when I stand before God and I have to give an account. You can't give an account for sin because you don't have an excuse for why you sin. You don't need it an excuse because Jesus died for our sins I don't think it's going to come up so what's it what's well, how do we need to, here look at verse 18 I, I'm going to go back and describe this there's no fear in love but perfect love casteth out fear because fear hath torment he that feareth is not made perfect in love no wait well, wait Adam you said and many times and the Bible says you're supposed to fear God and here, we're standing before God, not fearing. Well, uh, I see a little bit of a problem here. What's the issue? Okay, uh, when I talk about the fear of God, I think C.S. Lewis captured it best. Now, I can go to a lot of Bible verses to support this, but I want to go to a, a fiction. The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. You remember when the children come in and, uh, you know, um, they're at the, the uh, house of the bee. Well, it's not a house. It's more of a lodge. I don't know what, where the beavers live in. A little, I don't know. Lodge, is that right? Okay, see, I knew something. They're in the lodge with the Mr. and Mrs. Beaver, and they're talking about tomorrow they're going to meet Oslan. And uh, Oslan is a lion, the lion, the great lion. That's Mr. Beaver speaking. Ooh, said Susan, I, I thought he was a man. Is he quite safe? I, I shall feel rather nervous about meeting a lion. Safe, said Mr. Beaver. Who said anything about safe? Of course he isn't safe. But he's good. He's the king, I tell you. Now, that's a fiction. You get that, right? Our God is a consuming fire. Is he a lion? He's a lion of the tribe of Judah. Um, Mrs. Beaver goes on to say, if, you, if you're standing before Oslan with your knees not knocking together, you're either braver than most or just plain silly. Our God is a consuming fire. Should you fear him? Should you reverence him? Should you respect him? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Would you watch an atomic bomb blast without being like in awe of the spectacle? Have you ever seen that? The first one, uh, the Bikini Atoll, South Pacific somewhere. You ever saw that? It's like, oh my goodness, awesome. 
I wouldn't want to be right in the middle of that. You know, there's, there's awe, there's awe-inspiring. You, you don't think it's awe-inspiring God? The Bible says, in him all things consist. In other words, hold together. That atom that was just the evidence of his power there, it just it split the atom that Jesus Christ holds together. All the atoms in the universe were created by Jesus Christ. You, you don't think he's awe-inspiring? Really? Is there fear? Yeah, yeah, but not in judgment. How does that work? As I said, we're standing before God. Is he going to bring all our sins out? And Adam, how come you did? And Oh, my goodness. Is any one of us, could we have our lives shown on these screens? Like the deepest, darkest thing that, if somebody saw that, I would be so humiliated. So I would crawl out of here and I would never look anyone in the eye again. I would just find a, a hole to crawl into. I'd pull the hole in after me and ask somebody to mail the hole to China. I'd, I'd, I'd be so... And, and Does that have an excuse why I did that? I did it because I'm a sinner, because I'm a selfish idiot, because I'm a jerk, because I didn't love God, I love me. Cause, and do we have a... So God, we stand for God and God would say, why'd you do that? Why'd I do it? There's no reason for why we sin. That's why Jesus died for us. It's worth dying over. It's damnable. It's sinful. It's wicked. And when we come to the place that we agree with God about that, then and only then is he faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. It's the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so there's no fear in love. Perfect love casteth out fear because fear hath torment. He told me I was going to hell. That'd be torment. That would be fearful. That'd be a bad day. Starting off first of many bad days. Starting off a, a bad eternity. Is he going to say that? No, he's going to say, come into my kingdom. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of the Lord. That's what he's going to say. And we know that from Scripture. Somebody's like, how do you know that? How do you know where you're going to go when you die? How do you not know? 66 books, thousands of verses, hundreds of chapters. Thousands of chapters. I don't exactly know. Maybe a 1, thousand, 1,200, I don't remember. Not thousands, but over a thousand chapters. And all of them saying, God loves you, he sent his son to earth to rescue you, and you can have faith in him and know that you have eternal life. How do you not know that? Oh, because you get judged because of what you did and what you didn't do. You get judged by your behavior. What verse are you looking at? Oh, that's a strange thing. I used to think it too. I used to think it too. Back when I was religious, I used to think that too. There's nothing in the Bible that tells you that. We don't have any fear because... Not fear and judgment, because I love you so much, I sent my son into earth on a rescue mission to save you. And by the way, he was successful. And now that I've rescued you, I've adopted you, I've brought you into my forever family, now you're doubting my love? Nah, it's perfect love casts out fear.
We love him because he first loved us. That's not evident, but if you read scripture, Jesus says, you think that you selected me, but I chose you. This love relationship, this crazy love relationship we have with God, it was his idea. He was the initiator. I don't know how else to say it. I'm glad, because I had an idea of God, and he was fearful, and he was this cosmic killjoy, and he was up there. He was mad at everything I was doing, basically, because everything I was doing was anti-God. But, and he's, you know, why didn't he just... He's all upset all the time, and he's always, you know him at all. God loved the world so much so that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. God so loved, and I said love is giving. It's acting without a high view of self. It's, 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 it's the other person's needs are more important than our own needs. Is that how God demonstrated his love? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He sent his only begotten son. What did he give? Love is giving. What did he give? His very best, his only begotten son. I never understood love like that. And if we have this love relationship with God, oughtn't we love one another? This is what the whole passage is about. Um, we love him because he first loved us. Uh, love us. And if a man say, I love God and hateth his brother, he's a liar. <laughs> you say, hey, you just call me a liar. I, I, I'm not. I wouldn't. I don't. But God's saying, the word of God's saying, if you say, oh, I love God. Oh, it's all about God. God is so wonderful. He's awesome. I love him so much. This guy, go to hell. I hate him. Wait, what? That's not even true a little bit, is it? I'm saying this, and I'm not, you know, because a lot of this, is, it seems like it's drive-by guilting. I say this, and you're feeling like, I don't love like I should. Oh, I'm a horrible person. You don't love like you should, frankly. None of us do. But if we say we're at void of all love, and but we love God, it's, that's not true. We should have to re-examine that. We've gone over this and over this and over this, as John's gone over this and over this and over this. Why does, he, why does he do like that? Because he wants us to drill down to understand what is our heart. You know, you don't have to come up. You don't have to confess anything before me. You don't have to have prayer with me or anything else. Because you're always welcome to do that. But you get with God and you say, am I the real deal? Am I loving like I'm supposed to love? Do I reflect your love? Do I reach out to others? Do I, am, I, am I there for them? Am I helping them out? Is it all about me? Am I a selfish jerk? Am I... Because I don't care if people disagree with me politically. That's got nothing to do with anything. That doesn't mean uh, I'm not there for them. I wouldn't help them out. Wouldn't give. Wouldn't. That, that's what I mean when I'm saying. And um, I, I love God, but I hate my brother. You're a liar. For he that loveth not his brother whom he hath seen, how can he love God whom he hath not seen? That's why it started out by saying, no man has seen God at any time. We haven't seen God. We say we love him. Okay, fair enough. I'll bet you do. I'll bet you do. No argument. This guy over here, I can't stand him. You mean the guy who you can see? <laughs> How does that work? That's, not, that's crazy talk. Come on. I, I, I love God. I just hate everybody else. People just, just bother me so much. I hate them. That's not a Christian talk, huh? 
The Bible says so. If men say, I love God and hateth his brother, he's a liar. You say, well, wait a second, what does it mean, brother? No, brother in the universal sense. We're all humans. I mean, look, we're told to love the church. We're told to love our family in Scripture. We're told to love our enemies. I mean, is there any uh, stone that God has left unturned? You know, is there anyone who, who God says, okay, you can hate this person? Is there, is there any verse that I haven't checked that I don't know about? Maybe something, I, it's a big book, I don't know. Maybe I missed a verse. And, and it was, I think I remember what God say, okay, hate this guy. I hate this guy, you can hate this guy too. Satan, okay? I have no love for Satan. And by the way, not redeemable, all right? The people who I have problems with sometimes, I forget. I didn't, they don't need the grace of God any more than I needed the grace of God. They don't need salvation to a greater degree than I've needed salvation. That people who bother me, who, who bum me out, who stress me out, that's the world that God sent his son into the world to save. You know, for God so loved the world. That, those people. So if I say, I hate them, I'm disagreeing with God, and the spirit of God, the spirit of love isn't in my life at all, and I'm just... All I am is I'm just fooling myself into thinking that I'm a Christian. It's not, it's not true. How can I love somebody who I can see? I love God. I can't see him, but I don't like you at all. As a matter of fact, I hate you, and I can see you. That's not, no, no. And here the apostle of love says, that isn't right. That's not true. You're fooling yourself. At best, at worst, we're lying. If man say, I love God and hateth his brother, you're saying it, but you're not living it. Because if you really love God like you say you love God, what does that look like? It would look like loving your brother. How can I best love God? By loving and serving the people he loves. How can I best love and serve the people who God loves? By loving God. And it's true. Um, you know, if I spend any time with God, I know when I come here, I don't have anything intelligent or worthwhile to say. Minister out of the overflow of my time with God, loving God and getting close to God, knowing Jesus is to, to know Jesus is to love Jesus. So here I am, I lo I'm loving God, I'm getting to know him better, and that, he's making me more like him, and that love is flowing out to everybody else. Absent that, I don't have anything. I'm dry, I don't have anything to give. So I'm not loving people well unless I love God and spend time with Him. Well, how can I love God? By loving everybody else. The objects of His... Listen, if I were gone away and I said, hey, can somebody take care of my bride while I'm gone? And I had some friends looking and making sure that she didn't go with that. I got a son. He generally does that. So I'm not asking. But I mean, you know, if I were to go away for a long time, I was off to war or something like that. I had friends who would... Uh, take care of things that she needed and make sure of like the roof leak did take care of you know uh, fixing it. That, that would that would love uh, that would be loving me very much by taking care of the one I love the most Jesus has a bride and that's the point you know, we love him by loving others we love others by loving him it's a vicious circle isn't it not so vicious and it's wonderful so what does our love look our life look like? Love and more love 
and more love and more love. What's the downside of that? Why do, why do people say that we're not loving? I don't know, because maybe sometimes we're not, or we're not letting the light shine through. Or maybe sometimes just projection. I'm not very loving, so I blame everyone else for not being very loving. And there's a lot of that. I've seen that. But I think we stop tongues of honest men by actually being loving and actually making ourselves available, being out there. I don't want to win the debate. I concern myself with that a lot of times. It's, you know, we're having an argument, so I, I win the argument, lose the person. Think about that next time. Before you press post, think about that. Is this loving them well? Is this serving them well? I don't know. To be sure, we can disagree. We lost our right to say what's on our mind. But the Bible says speak truth in love. Well, I'm not going to speak the truth in love, but they're going to get an airful anyway. Speak the truth in love. The other option is just shut up. Don't be unloving. We just we don't have any. There's no place for it. There's no place for it. And this commandment we have from him is it a commandment? Oh, all through Scripture. New commandment I give unto you that you love one another. I remember it's the Last Supper, right? Jesus said, I got a new commandment. Matthew gets his quill out, sharpens it right quick, dips in the ink. Okay, we're ready. Okay. Ready, guys? Yeah, we're ready. Love one another. Um, Jesus, we got that memo already. Guys, don't miss this. What I've got for you, I want my soldiers, my army, be fighting men and women. How about loving men and women? That's the thing. Now, do, is there time to take up arms? Look, we ain't going there. I'm just saying, this commandment have we from him, that he who loveth God loveth his brother also. Let's stand. Let's go out of here singing a song to our loving God who loved us so much he gave his only begotten son Father I pray you bless this word to our hearts that we would receive it as it were from you I mean well, I, I, didn't, I don't think I stretched any verses there. I think I've read them in the plain text and this is your word to us that we ought to love one another who can disagree with this now, I'm going to give you the ironic blessing. I did this Wednesday in the Hebrew. I think I'll do it just for the sake of doing it. I'll give you the English after. Yavarecha ka yaveh, veish mareka, yaer yaveh, panavaleka, yeku neka, yisa aveh, panavaleka, yeah, I'm sorry, veyashsem, leka. Shalom. The Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace. Amen.